right, everybody, we are live, back in action, streaming through your internet and radio. This is the Root for Sports podcast. My name is Jason Fearman. You can find me on Twitter at SportsProfit1. This show is brought to you by the Sports Column, where we invite writers to give their opportunity to show off their talents. Hit us up, www.sportscol.com, C-O-L at the end.com. Today, I'll be joined by two very talented gentlemen representing the sports column to talk about some more serious issues than we're used to on the Roof of Sports podcast, but it's needed. It's in the news every day now. We know you guys have your opinion on the subject, and that is the lack of overall leadership, accountability, and corruption from commissioners, owners, and alike in all sports, not just the four major sports, but we're talking all sports all over the place, and there are reasons for that. And to help me bring that knowledge to you guys on this hot topic, I have with me Frank Fear and Bill Rizzo of TSC. It's great to have you fellas on the show, and it's long overdue. I want to thank you both for joining me today. And Frank, thanks to you, buddy. I joined the sports column a couple of years ago, and Listen, man, I'm still grateful for the opportunity, Frank. So I welcome you to the show, my friend. Well, thank you, Jason. Uh, it's an honor to have you as uh, one of our lead uh, colonists, and it's great to be with you this evening. Nah, but believe me, man, the pleasure is mine, the honor is mine. And Bill, to you, my friend, look, I, hey, we've conversed a lot electronically, but we've got to speak recently, and I'm very happy about that. I'm glad that you've had the time to come in today and talk about this. Uh, really, it's a great pleasure to have you on today, my man. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, this is a, a topic that's been uh, near and dear to me for a very long time. So I'm really looking uh, forward to kicking around here tonight. And I think it's going to be a good discussion. Yeah, even though, you know, the main topic that is going to probably kick all this off has just uh, started within the past four months. It's been going on for the past uh, three to four years, but not just that, the past, let's say, you know, century or so. Uh, there are scandals all over the place. Remember the Black Sox scandal way back when, going about 100 years ago. So there's a lot to talk about, guys. We're going to go in a few different directions. Again, Rufus Sports brought to you by the Sports Column. We got two of our very best here today with Frankie Fear and Bill Rizzo. And again, obviously, one of the big things that recently happened is off the field. And that is the whole sign-stealing scandal involving the Houston Astros and Major League Baseball. And that's where we're going to start, fellas. Uh, Frank, I want to kick it to you with the lack of investigation that's going on and why it takes three years to hear about a story like this and all the cover-up that goes on to something like that, basically seeming like they're claiming their innocence due to lack of knowledge. And that does nothing but drive me crazy. Well, you're absolutely correct. And, you know, uh, we're all fans. I mean, we're fans first. We love sports. Uh, but there's a flip side. The other side of sports is the industry of sports. And it's the business side. And, and every once in a while, and it's happening more frequently, you have these eruptions. And one of the things that Bill and I have talked about extensively with you too, Jason, is that this Major League Baseball uh, situation, uh, the fans are upset. Um, uh, the players are upset. Uh, and you have a situation where the commissioner who made his decision uh, is getting all kinds of uh, backlash to that, uh, and it's not going away. The story continues to make front-page news because really, really when it comes down to it, people have expectations. Uh, 
about what's called the ethics of sports, what's the right thing to do. And when two teams play for, uh, you know, in the World Series, you expect that it's, they got there because they played the game the way it's supposed to be played. I mean, it's America's pastime. And so when you learn, as you say, three years later, that there was a problem and there was cheating, blatant cheating, the players were involved, management was involved, people are outraged. And then when the, when the, uh, when Commissioner Manfred tried to get back into the discussion, all he did was make uh, matters worse. Yeah, that's right. I mean, honestly, look, you had your opportunity to make a stand. This was your first really big test, if you want to call it that, even though he's involved in a few other things. I know that he uh, has got this lawsuit pending with the fan who was hit with the ball. Um, you know, we can't blame that on Manford necessarily. But then again, that is a whole nother topic, keeping the fans safe uh, by putting the netting up. But yes, listen, this is was his first real big deal to make a stand, Bill. And and say, listen, I'm going to put my foot down, and here's what we're going to do. And he just failed miserably. Um, you know, when this kind of thing happens, um, to me, uh, you know, my concern is what's the message that's being sent to the, the world of fans and people who support sports and baseball specifically. Um, and I, you know, I'm really concerned about the kind of message that we're spending, sending to uh, to young people. I mean, I, I was a kid a long time ago myself, played baseball as a kid. Um, and then as uh, now, I think kids uh, emulate what they see uh, in terms of the behavior of professional athletes, good and bad. Um, but uh, I just don't, you know, I, I get very worried about the kind of messages this kind of thing sends uh, because what we're essentially doing is saying, or Manfred's saying through his, through his actions that, um, you know, cheating is not necessarily acceptable, but the penalties are negotiable. And so he's essentially expanding the gray area. And I think that's really confusing for young people trying to make their way through playing a sport or getting involved with a sport uh, and trying to see where their place is, what's right, and what's wrong. I mean, and th- again, there's irrefutable evidence. It's not like this is a case where they're going to court trying to figure out if it's right. You know what happened? We know what happened. It's out there. It's done. It's been admitted, and the penalties have come down as limited and lack of there as there have been. But this is a different kind of case. And with that all being out there, you got to step up and listen. With cheating, I'm a I'm, I'm a physical education teacher. So first of all, I despise it. It drives me absolutely crazy when kids try to cheat to win. And I'm the kind of guy who wants to be on, you know, the worst team and try to help out that team and and be the guy that looks for the challenge. I don't want to cheat to gain an advantage. I don't want to say that my point that that my foot was behind the three point line when I know for a fact it was not. And it was really a two pointer. You got to play the game right. And. For these, uh, you know, quote unquote adults, these guys in their late 20s, early 30s, whatever it is, who are playing Major League Baseball, for them to outright blatantly go to such lengths to cheat is unbelievable to me that you would have these adults, Frank, go to such lengths to cheat and go through this and have the Astros manager not even say a word except, I don't like what's going on, but okay, whatever. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think the prevailing opinion, at least what I've heard, is that uh, the commissioner should have vacated the championship uh, in 2017. He didn't do that. Um, that would have sent a message 
that you can't cheat your way to the crown. Um, but as I think about this whole story, maybe the most positive thing is not what's happening uh, on the baseball side, but what's happening out in the public. Uh, so many little league teams around the country, for example, refusing to uh, have Astros as one of their teams to wear the Astros uniform. Um, you talked about the sports column. Recently, we had two articles submitted uh, from around the country. One was from a longtime resident of Houston who apologized uh, to the country uh, and said how embarrassed he was that uh, his team that he follows religiously uh, would cheat to get to a championship. And as far as he's concerned, um, they didn't win the championship. And that, that takes some something for a, for a diehard fan to basically say, look, I love my team, but I, I have the ability to call out my team when they do the wrong thing. And just last week, uh, well, actually two weeks ago and then last week again, we published two articles written by the mayor of Beverly Hills uh, who basically uh, said in a variety of ways, we take this as an opportunity to teach our kids what, what the values, this is a great game, baseball is America's game, uh, and it's based on a variety of values, teamwork, uh, being able to play the game the right way, and when that's violated, and so it becomes a teaching opportunity for the Beverly Hills Little League, uh, and I, I was very impressed that an elected official would not only take the stand, but put before the city council uh, a resolution that would actually put this in writing, and then would be implemented by the uh, by the Beverly Hills Little League. Those are two stories I think about the positive reactions uh, of of everyday Americans to uh, circumstances they really have no direct control over, but they they can take action. Oh, they they can. There's plenty of people that can take action out there, and you know I think. Uh, look, a lot of players, you know, other than the Houston Astros, are stepping up and saying things. How far are they going to go with it? Are they going to let it just slide under the rug after this year? I don't know. But something does need to be done. More education does need to be done about this bill. And yeah. where, you know, I mean, that that's just part of it. I, look, I mean, again, I can go so many ways with this. But when I, when I think about Manfred and his position and what he should have done, what we all know we should have done was – definitely taken away the World Series trophy at the very least. You know, there were very limited penalties handed down. We know that, um, you know, the owner uh, was the only one left standing and him even saying that uh, at one point that, no, it didn't affect the World Series. I mean, almost like the fact that we weren't cheating, but that's ridiculous. And my, my opinion, my opinion on this bill with Manfred was that he really did not want to get into a fight with the Players Association, being the fact that a new CBA is coming up in a couple of years, I think that he wanted to side with the players to maybe to get maybe get what he wants later. What that is, I don't know. But to me, that was his mind frame was, I'm going to kind of go with the players over here. I'm not going to hurt them. I'm not going to suspend them. I'm not going to take away their trophy. But at least I can do this, and it looks like I did something. Bill, that's ridiculous. Well, it's, it's negotiating cheating, um, and that's what I meant by, you know, kind of expanding the gray area. Um, and, you know, if, if the highest positions in professional baseball um, are going to take that position, uh, who is going to hold these, these teams and these organizations accountable? Um, you know, it starts maybe to the grassroots level with, with, with Little League players and their parents and, and you know, local communities. But to me, it's, it's chilling when... Um, you have someone who takes what's an obvious and blatant uh, um, example of 
cheating at a very high level uh, and then tries to put it into context. And, you know, I don't want to hurt this person or this organization. Um, so it's, it's taking cheating and, and saying, well, it's, it's okay or it's less bad in certain contexts um, than the others. You know, I, I sometimes I wonder, you know, how, how, is, how are fans going to, what can fans do uh, to, to try to uh, inject some accountability into this? Um, you know, in some of the friends that I have, you know, we're, we're all upset about this. Um, but then I also know that there are uh, probably lots of fans who, who really don't want to have their uh, entertainment disrupted. Uh, they don't want to lose a player or they don't want to have a team or for, you know, for instance, a fan of the Astros, they don't want their World Series uh, uh, banner to go away, those kinds of things. So I'm not so sure fans can be uh, relied on uh, to do that. And, you know, we have sports writers, we have local sports writers, of course, we have national sports writers. But they have their interests to protect too. So to me, you know, the big question is, how do we inject accountability into something like this uh, to at least slow it down, if not stop it? Well, like like you said, the big problem is, is that we're watching these guys on TV and whether it be a football player trying to inch his arm a little bit forward to get that first down when we know that he's down or, you know, an NBA player flopping, that's cheating all around. And we're seeing it left and right. And that's what kids are copying they don't listen to their teachers. They don't listen to their parents. They they listen and watch what what James Harden is doing, what Mike Trout is doing, you know, what these guys are up to. But then again, they will latch on and they will do what they know they can get away with. And sometimes you can get away with it, but sometimes you just can't. And look, there is cheating in every sport. And some of them you can call unwritten rules. Look, People have been stealing signs in baseball since the dawn of time. Basically, when if a guy's on second base, he's looking at the catcher, he's trying to steal signs, and you wonder why the pitcher and the catcher are meeting on the mound all the time, it's because the guy on second base is stealing signs and they got to mix it up. And that's the game within the game. Whether you like that or not, it's part of it. But rules are rules. And if a rule is broken, there should be a penalty. And if you want to compartmentalize the rules and what is and what not and what tier is this and how bad should it be in suspensions, whatever it is, it was a complete failure. And him trying to dig his way out of the hole a little bit by saying, oh, well, maybe we'll get some suspensions for this. No, you've already ruined it. You've ruined it. You had your shot. And now he's got to live with it. And how are we going to educate these guys, Frank? By the people that are playing the professional sport, doing it right. They need to be the ones to come out and say, this is how he plays. So I love hearing from guys from guys like Cody Bellinger saying, yeah, and these other guys, you know, they all need a beating over there. And this is ridiculous. And this MVP was stolen. And we lost the World Series because of this and that and the other thing. They have to be the example because that's who the kids are looking at. No, you're absolutely correct. And if you think about... Uh how uh, Manfred handled the cheating scandal and compare it to what Bart Giamatti did uh, when he basically banned uh, Pete Rose for life. And you can still you can still find Giamatti's press conference, his uh, presentation on YouTube, and it's really instructive to watch. But I wonder, though, uh, you know, we don't have commissioners and leadership in sports like the Bart Giamatti's because even though that wasn't that long ago, um, sports of all kinds, including college sports, major college sports, has gone on steroids since then. What I mean by that, steroids in terms of becoming really about winning and money. Uh, And 
really the focus is on protect the industry, protect the industry. And if we switch it, say, to basketball, remember a couple of months ago when the GM of the Houston uh, Rockets, ironic it's Houston again, came out in voice support for the protesters in Hong Kong uh, regarding Chinese suppression, who was one of the first persons to jump in and say, you're wrong? It was LeBron James. Right. You know, and when you think about it, why would LeBron James jump in? LeBron James, like Magic Johnson, is a very astute business person. Anybody who knows anything about the NBA knows the game is a worldwide game, and China is huge. I've been to China at least 10 times, and I, I was blown away uh, by the extent to which young people in China follow American basketball, even at the college level, knowing players. Uh, people would come up to me, and, and there would be translators. They would ask me questions about about basketball, and they loved the NBA. And, and LeBron James knew that any criticism of of the Chinese government uh, would have a, could have a significant impact on the business of the NBA in China, and and that put Commissioner Silver in a very awkward situation. You know, do I fire? Do I do I do? you know, apply some kind of penalty to this GM. He didn't. And he, I think he did a reasonable job of trying to find a middle ground and then actually went to China. So he met with the folks face to face where he's walking this tightrope between the integrity of the game and certainly the, the capacity, the ability of free speech for someone in the game to express their opinion. Uh, certainly, it wasn't an opinion of the of the Houston Rockets. It was a personal opinion, and the need to protect the game and business interests in China. So you've got this industry now with this focus on winning and money um, that that really puts more pressure than ever before on playing the game the right way and to focus on the ethics of sports. And colleges, another example with you know. We'll, we'll give coaches thirty-five million to coach football over five years, but we can't play the we can't pay the players. Yeah, well, you hit on a ton of important points right there, um, including the PED era, where they basically just wiped that under the rug. They're saying, "Nope, we're raining a ton of money in over here with the McGuire Sosa and then with Bonds with what he was doing." It wasn't until they basically had been done with the game, retired, whatever it was, and then he got Sosa with the court back until anything had really happened to them. So, again, like you said, it's all about winning and it's all about money, the revenue. How much money are they making? They don't really care how it happens. They reprimand, of course, after the fact. It comes out years later, so it doesn't seem like it's as a big deal or months later in this case. But it is a big deal. And you guys are right. People have latched on to this. And it's huge. And, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, Vegas has this over-under of whether – how many times the Astros are going to get hit this year, 83 and a half or something like that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you get out of this. That's the kind of world that we live in today. And again, it's just extremely upsetting to see, but that's what it's all about, Bill. And you know it winning and money and how can we do it? And how can we get away with it? You know, I've been a a sports fan for my whole life and, uh, you know, not certainly baseball and, and football and basketball, but, for example, I used to be uh, a huge fan of professional bicycling, cycling. Um, and uh, when we had all this, uh, the problems with doping and uh, Lance Armstrong and all that, my interest just fell off completely. Uh, and so as a fan, when I see those things, these things going on 
we watching here? You know, is this a fair game? You know, what's going on? Who's doing what? Is it, you know, is our things fixed? So it's it's impossible for me as a you know as a fan to look at something now and say, well, I know that's clean, um, because I'm always going to be wondering from this point forward. You know, who's doing what? Um, is a fiction at some level? What 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 is what am I really watching as a fan? And uh, I don't know if other fans feel that way, um, but I think it's a, it's a fair question to ask people when uh, cheating rises to this level. Um, and it, it goes essentially unpunished. Hey, hey, <laughs> I, mean, well, I think what I was say, Bill, I hear you talking. I think we're really dealing with a generic issue here in society that sort of the customers uh, or the stakeholders of, of whatever have to step forward. You know, the Catholic Church is an example. Um, you know, the 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 continued um, news stories about uh, sexual assaults by priests. We continue to expect the Catholic Church to intervene and solve the problem, and they don't. So it's up to it's up to Catholics to basically come forward and ex- and express themselves. And I and I think the same thing is in in sports. It's up to the fans. I mean, you can talk specifically about how fans in Chicago. You're a, you're a big Cubs fan. How they respond? Well, what would happen? Let me ask a question. What would happen if Sammy Sosa walked into a bar in Chicago today? How would he be? How would he be? Would he be welcomed? What would happen? It depends on the bar. I mean, it depends on the fans. Fans are fickle, but the people that I circulate with um, would would probably throw him out. I mean, he's you know he's not well liked um, you know widely. I think the ownership. Uh, you know, probably grappling with a variety of opinions about whether or not to, to kind of re-embrace him or not. But and I, you know, I can't tell you exactly what the, the, the exact sentiment is in Chicago. But I can I can tell you that there's a lot of people who felt um, betrayed uh, by what he did. Uh, and no matter what his records are, no matter what he did for the Cubs, uh, and I would include myself. Uh, I I have no interest in seeing that guy. Um, uh, uh, re-embraced by the Cubs or getting accolades for his performances because they were juiced performances, and I think a lot of a lot of people really understand that. Yeah, they probably appreciate it in the moment, but uh, but years later, maybe when you realize it's like, well, maybe he's not as big an icon as I thought. You know, now his bust isn't in the Hall of Fame and all that sort of stuff when you were enjoying it. But that's the thing when you're living in the moment. That's what fans see, and that's what you know. We know a lot, but think about all the stuff that we don't know, fellas. I mean, it really is amazing, all the things that could come out. And we're talking about a professional level right now where people are getting paid. How about college players who a lot of them are probably getting paid? Most of them aren't, as we know, but they're all looking for something. And there's cheating at that level as well, whether you know whether you talk about on or off the field and scandals that go on within. We all know about different universities, whether – it's, it's Miami who, or Baylor who's ever got suspended and not been able to compete for titles in the past. It seems like they've kind of got their head on the right way a little bit, maybe the NCAA organizations, and come down a little bit more harshly with their punishments. And while it seems so harsh because we're talking about quote-unquote kids, I mean, let's try to teach them a lesson at an early age from right from wrong. So, you know, I think college, again, they're dealing with it too, but – on a different level and maybe doing it a little bit better. Yeah. Bill and I talked about what I'm going to say next and certainly chime in, Bill. 
you know, we both believe, I think, very strongly that, you know, one of the ways to keep the uh, these industries uh, accountable and honest is for the fans to speak out when they see these things. That's happening now with Major League with Major League Baseball. But we have to remember that that this is entertainment for people. It's what they do. It's why they call it a pastime. It's entertainment, and I think the, you add on to that. Uh, the strong identity that people, you know, affiliation they have, identity affiliation with their teams. It's always the case in um, in professional sports. You think about Cleveland, for example, and the strong identity affiliation Cleveland folks, fans have to the Browns. It's unbelievable, and it's just one example. Yankees would be another example. Take it to the 10th level in college, and it becomes extremely difficult for a fan let's say a fan of Penn State or a fan of Michigan State when the, or Baylor, when the schools get in trouble for for you to say anything negative about alma mater. It's your mother, alma mater. So as a consequence, uh, you know, you, you either stay silent, and if you speak out, you're likely to be viewed as disloyal by other fans. And it becomes extremely difficult. Uh, and yet at the same time, uh, if we don't have this counterbalance, because there's so much pressure on generating more money, so much pressure on winning, uh, that even when teams, I mean, one of the big discussions over the last couple of years in baseball has been this tanking issue. And that is, are teams um, trying to lose, uh, same thing in the NBA, intentionally uh, to be able to get a better uh, opportunity to get more infusion when they can make money? They can put people in the stands. They can they do the math, and they know. Okay, now if we have thirty thousand a night in the stands for base for baseball versus fifteen thousand, but we have to pay less for our payroll, you're likely to you're you're likely to end out end up to be okay. So these issues, I think, are extremely complex. But I think it comes back again and again and again to the fans. Guys, with the with the two minutes that we have left over here in the show, I want to ask you both a direct question. Um, a minute each, if you can. Bill, you first. With with the loss of interest in baseball that we know that's been going on for about the past twenty years or so now, would you attribute it more to the PEDs and the recent cheating and other things that have gone on within that time, or would you attribute it more to today's young athlete wanting to? play basketball more or play football more because it's more of a quote unquote athletic sport. What would you attribute it more to? Um, I think, uh, I think, well, a couple of things. One that you didn't mention, uh, certainly cheating. Cause I think it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, people are finding it distasteful and the more it happens, the more distasteful they're finding it. And there's certainly more than enough competition for the, for the spectator's dollar, um, you know, and uh, the NFL is thinking about putting in a 17th game. You know, there's more football, blah, blah, blah. Um, but another thing I think is really um, chilling, uh, chilling sports is the cost. Um, I, to go to a, for instance, in Chicago, to go to a Cubs game, to go to Wrigley Field for a family of four, just to get in the door, buy a couple of beers and some hot dogs, it's going to cost probably 150 to 200 bucks at least. Um, and so, you know, if, if, uh, if you've got the resources to do that, fine. And I think there's probably an attitude in, uh, by the ownership uh, in Chicago and probably has been for years and multiple owners 
that the fans are so loyal, they'll come uh, whether they win or lose, and there's probably some truth to that. But so I think I think cheating has uh, uh, has really um, I think it's dampened a lot of interest. Um, I think people are kind of got their antenna up now to see you know what's coming next is going to get worse. Uh, very well yeah, said. Be, I was just going to say, Jason, when when we were growing up, it was. Um, you could really rely on the leadership to deliver a product, and you would then go. But now it's become so complex. Uh, I think about the concussions issue in football. I mean, one track, and the track I think we're on, if we really don't wrap our uh, heads around this and view this as probably the biggest problem in the sports long term, what, what's going to happen is more and more players are going to show symptoms of CTE. The lawsuits will continue, and it'll cost so much uh, to be able to to uh, meet those lawsuits uh, that perhaps, I'm not even sure the NFL, which is now self-insuring, will be able to pay for it. The colleges won't, certainly high schools won't. And so the very game itself is at risk. The game that is probably, is clearly the most popular game in the country right now is at risk because the management basically says, well, let's just milk the cow uh, for as long as we can, rather than taking a very aggressive approach. And again, the fans need to say, uh, if we really love the game, we can't just be customers. We have to be stewards of the game as well. Frank, you're... you're so, uh, Frank, I want to I keep going with that thought that you had in your head right there. That was very important. Um Again, express more from the fans because I'm also thinking about. I know that you know revenue is less, definitely going through the door um, uh, between you know, uh, uh, excuse me, in baseball stadiums, football stadiums as well. Not as many people are going, especially if you look at the uh, LA area. There are other things to do. They know they can tape the game, DVR the game, but Frank and and Bill, uh, Bill, I'll go to you, and Frank, I'll come right back to you after that. It's not just that part of it. It's the part and the fact that me knowing and being a physical education teacher, when we have options to play games, baseball is usually the last one that comes up. And I very rarely, well, look, I live in Florida. People are outside playing ball all the time. Very rarely am I seeing kids come around and they're playing baseball games. Now, it's very hard to organize and get 18 people together at the very least to play a baseball game. But God, I grew up playing stickball left and right when I wasn't in Little League or playing high school baseball or whatever it was. I'm seeing basketball. I'm seeing football. I'm seeing soccer now, which is overtaking baseball. So, again, that's why I go back to it. It's almost as if baseball in a weird way needed this headline to draw some attention to the game because they keep they keep losing it. Bill, does that make any sense? And, again, I'm not saying that this was, um, you know, some some sort of crazy conspiracy to get people to watch baseball again. But in, in a way, it's almost good for the game to get people maybe to start watching again, except for those really loyal fans like the three of us who despise cheating, know what goes on every single day and makes us turn away from a sport like it did with you with the Tour de France. Right. Well, bad news sells. We all know that. Um, and so, you know, I, I suppose that's a possibility um, you know, there are people who have done um, some, probably some pretty good research into, you know, the interests of uh, people in their uh, late teens and their 20s in terms of how they like to spend their time. Um, and I, you know, and I don't really have a handle on, on, on what they do um, uh, in terms of, you know, how they like to entertain themselves other than to just go with my own observations that 
people are pretty much buried in their electronic devices and spending less time doing just about anything outside. Um, so, you know, people are, are doing different things with their time. Um, I, uh, I went to see a, a youth baseball game in my hometown um, of uh, Downers Grove, Illinois, last summer. And I used to play in this league, in this field, and every single game um, the fans were completely full. I mean, a couple of hundred parents were there. Uh, and they had two teams playing, and I counted nine parents in the stands. So, you know, maybe there is some kind of an element to um, the degree to which parents are supporting um, their kids in playing sports as spectators. And, you know, I don't know. It, to me, it just raised the question of uh, kids, kids are going to do some things that they want to do, um, but are they getting the kind of support and encouragement from their parents to play these organized activities? Well, you see, that's an interesting point also. Now, as parents, you know, we don't want to necessarily push our kids one way or the other. If we do want them involved in sports, that's okay because it is enrichment and it is healthy. It's exercise and it's obviously a lot of fun. So depending on what they want to do, but to me, that's the problem. They're picking soccer now ahead of baseball, basketball for sure, football for sure. Uh, I'm not going to go as far and say hockey right now, but that's kind of the thing. Baseball is really taking that back seat, Frank. And I'm wondering, again, if this is going to help in some way. And if it's going to help, again, the fans are going to have to listen to these players who are going to hopefully be coming out more and more and speaking to the game and marketing it more in a way where cheating is unacceptable and watch me go out and do this the right way. Frank, is this possible? Oh, yeah. I mean, just in the news, I think it was this week, an owner of one of the major league uh, soccer teams um, said that he believes within, I think it was five years, I may be wrong on the time frame, he believes that major league soccer will overtake uh, baseball, MLB, uh, as the uh, as the big three and the big three. But the thing that, that, that I, and there's a role for the media here I'll get to, uh, you know, it's possible, I think, uh, Jason, the word you're speculating could be true. But if you think about this from a, you know, if you're buying a, a stock of a company, uh, bad news doesn't generate a higher stock price. Um, it's good news that generates a higher stock price. And that's where the media comes in and where Major League Baseball continues to fall down compared to the, the NFL. An example is this. When we were growing up, you could watch the championship series and the World Series at a time, a reasonable time, just like the NFL has a Super Bowl that starts in the late afternoon and gets done uh, before 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, think how late, if you're an 8-year-old child, are you going to be up to watch the World Series? What you have is baseball's most important games being telecast at a time um, where most younger people can't get exposed to the game in which, in the way that we did. I know baseball is, is, uh, it takes a lot of time to play. It's a complex game and it doesn't fit, uh, the American society, the way we think about things these days, speed, the way basketball does. But you think about the fact that the NFL has the leverage with the media to say, we're not going to start the Super Bowl at eight o'clock. No kickoff. We're gonna we're gonna kick it off at six six thirty, whatever it is. Whereas Major League Baseball just doesn't have that kind of leverage. And so one of the complexities here is the more that you need 
Major League Baseball to do the kinds of things it needs to do to, to increase and enhance its image, it's less able because it's negotiating from a weaker position. I understand um, that. You know, it, and that's just a very, that's a reality. I understand that makes sense, but let me just counter with this real quick. And uh, Bill, give your answer in the Frank. I'd like to hear yours. You can argue that with basketball, but when I go into school the following day, I'm hearing these kids tell me about Game Seven and how you know how Kawhi Leonard knocked down that shot. But even talking about games that were going to midnight or even one o'clock, for God's sake, they're sitting in their room, you know, with the TV on, praying to God their mother doesn't walk in on them, and they're watching, and they're not doing that for baseball and. Yes, it is a different type of game. You have to kind of almost have this innate thing when you're growing up loving the game. It's hard to latch on to it in later years. So, yeah, if we want to keep baseball alive, yeah, we'll have to push our kids a little bit to sign up for Little League and maybe, you know, not stay away from other sports. It's always good to play other sports, but we're going to have to be part of that because they aren't volunteering to do it, Frank. You know, I think – basketball uh, and uh, football, NFL, um, NBA, college sports, has done a better job of marketing their product than baseball has. Um, their games are quote-unquote sexier, um, and they, they've been uh, successful in kind of putting a, a more of an air of glitz around that. Um, baseball is, uh, you know, it's a nine-inning game. Some people think it's boring to watch. Uh, um so I think I think baseball has a marketing problem. Uh, I certainly don't think cheating is helping them, though. I think it's uh, you know it's it's the kind of thing that um, it, it's going to hurt them, and not not just in the long run, but I think it's already hurting them. Oh, sure. Yeah, and it's also a matter of who's playing the game. If you think about, uh, I read a statistic not long ago that was stunning, and that is there are fewer African Americans by percentage playing Major League Baseball today than when Jackie Robinson was alive. And he, I think he died something like 25, 30 years, more than that. Um, I think he died in the 70s. Uh, and so as a consequence, if you're a young African-American, uh, there are not as many players to emulate uh, in Major League Baseball. In the NBA, it's everywhere. The other thing is, obviously, uh, you need sneakers to be able to play basketball, but you can uh, play with somebody else's basketball uh, and at a neighborhood uh, park, you don't need all the equipment you need to play to to play uh, basketball versus versus baseball. So I think that I think for me at least the problem with baseball part of it is they've created their own uh, circumstances because I think of not making the right leadership choices. But the other thing is it doesn't align very well with where America is right now. The LPGA has the same problem. Um, so many Asian players have, are, are just outstanding. And as a consequence, they now have a system in the LPGA that there are so many Lees, L-E-E's, playing in a tournament. They, get, they don't use the first name and the last name. They'll go Lee 1, Lee 2, Lee 3. But again, if you're, if you're a young American uh, who's not of Asian heritage, watching the LPGA, there are fewer uh, women in professional golf who are like you who are playing the game. And that's important. That's really important. And and the NFL doesn't have that problem. College football, college basketball, they don't have that problem either. Well, listen, I think that's an excellent point. A lot of this is cultural. It makes a lot of sense because the majority of baseball players nowadays 
are, you know, from the Dominican, Puerto Rico, you know, they're from, from those countries. Uh, like you said, there's not many African-Americans now, not, not as many um, Caucasian players. You know, these guys, they're playing different sports. So you're right. America has taken a turn um, away toward baseball while other countries, it is their now pastime, their national pastime. It's really has become that. So I agree with you. There's a lot that makes a lot of sense of the culture there. Absolutely. So, and you know, thank God that these guys are playing ball and they're so great and they come in, they come here to this country and they make an impact on the sport and players like Trump, they don't care what their last name is. If you're playing good baseball, they love you. If you're doing it the right way and you're not cheating, they love you even more. So that's what we need. We need a lot more of that. And again, baseball needs more exposure. That's what the NHL lacks. I couldn't name you five players in hockey right now. And uh, maybe I'm joking, but most people really can't because they don't market themselves. Gettleman has no idea what he's doing. Manford needs to step it up. And now it's a tough time for him. But look, you know, to close this out, what can we do? What can they do? The Major League Baseball bill to bring it back now in a positive way, get fans watching, get their butts in the seats at the stadium because they are really up against it. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think Manfred needs to change his mind. Um, I think that would go a long, long way to um, to adding back some of the credibility that the sport, through his decision, has lost. So, you know, in terms of Major League Baseball, I don't think that, I don't think that last chapter has been written. Uh, and uh, I'm hopeful um, that there's going to be enough pressure put on him Um that uh, he'll change his mind, and you know, I you, you mentioned uh, Frank mentioned something about uh, the, the growth of of, youth, of soccer. Well, I can't drive by uh, a field in the summertime in Madison anywhere where there isn't um, a youth soccer program going on in full tilt. Uh, and the same thing with baseball, um, probably not to that degree, but um, baseball's future is as much tied up in youth as it is in the present situation. So. You know, whatever whatever can be done to encourage um, youth baseball, uh, reinvigorate that, uh, continue to support it, because uh, that's going to be the feeder system to college and beyond. Makes a lot of sense, Frank. Same to you to close this out. Your thoughts and what what again? What can we possibly do to well, popularize the sport? I think it comes down to leadership, Jason. You know, I, when you think about what a sport represents, it's not just the game, but it's the circumstances around the game. And when you think of baseball, you think about a way to spend a summer night. Um, and one of the decisions that Major League Baseball has either made or is thinking seriously about making and implementing is basically uh, culling their minor leagues. Uh, Bill talked about the cost of going to a Cubs game. Anybody who knows or lives in a town with a minor league uh, team knows it's very reasonably priced, good entertainment where you can bring the whole family uh, and so it's almost cutting off your nose to spite your face. If Major League Baseball, and I look at the stats, almost as many people attended minor league baseball games, I think it was two years ago, uh, the number is about the same as those who attended uh, total numbers as Major League games, they're cutting their nose off to spite their face. And, and the other piece of this is in the Major League Baseball needs to take, take a page out of the NBA and figure out how to internationalize the sport and grow it at the same time versus internationalizing the sport, but then the sport goes in decline. The NBA has done that, Jason. You talked about it. All these international players 
are stars as kids view them. And that's uh, that's something that Major League Baseball needs to do. <laughs> Guys, very well said. Very impressed. I knew I was going to get a lot of information and knowledge on the show today, but you guys really, really brought it. Really appreciate it, uh, fans. You guys, I know you're loving this right now. It's a beautiful thing. It's going to be out there for you. Root for Sports Podcast, again, brought to you by the Sports Column. Bill, Frank, what can I say, man? You guys brought some serious knowledge today. It was absolutely fantastic. Frank, again, thank you for letting me be, be, be part of the Sports Column and closing thoughts for you, uh, you know, for the last 30 seconds over here, and then Bill will kick it over to you guys. Absolutely great. Fans got a lot of information today. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jason, for all you do hosting this. And uh, I really encourage uh, the fans to go to the sports column and read Jason's work. He focuses on the, the uh, NFL and other sports. Great stuff. And just thank you very much. Oh, well, believe me, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you very much. And Bill? Also to you, my friend, uh, it's been, been great talking to you. Great to, getting to know you even more over these last few days and so happy that you gave able to be part of the show, man. Well, it's, it's great to, to listen to, to you and to Frank as well. I, you know, I always learn stuff uh, when I'm doing these kinds of things. So, uh, I wouldn't just encourage people who are listening to go attend a high school game, little league game, um, support uh, local youth sports any way you can. Um, that's going to be the future of these kinds of, of uh, organized sports. I like Thank it a lot. Thank you for the opportunity. Yep, absolutely, guys. And we'll do it again. We'll see what other topics and what other things are going to come up. So we'll definitely do it again. And, yeah, that was uh, uh, one thing that you said at the end over there, going to even spring training games and minor league games. It's a lot more intimate. So maybe that's what we need, a little more intimacy with our players and getting to know who they are, show their face, do some commercials, let them interact with the fans a little bit more. So that could be another topic for another for another day. But today, guys, great job breaking it down from up high from the office, going to download of the players. We'll see what happens in the future. And this whole Astros thing, wow. All right, real quick, over under, 83 and a half times they get hit, Frank, over under. Under. How about you, Bill? I'm not going to disagree with Frank. Right <laughs> All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. I know they got hit a bunch in spring training already, but that's probably sloppy pitching. Guys, thanks again. Excellent. Had a great time. Rufus Sports Podcast. We'll be back at you with the sports, with sports column. Great job, fellas. We'll talk to you guys soon.